Hey writers, welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. And today we want to talk about when and why to table a project. What? what? We're going to talk about not shelve doing it. it. No, to shelve it, set it aside, whatever term. Put it away. Do. Yes. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about when you should stop working on your project. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because I have had a crazy month. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe I'll just start. I'll start with, a, you with start. my personal yep. story. Yep. So I, um, when I first started writing, I started writing an epic fantasy. Now, mm-hmm. when I say epic, I mean like Sanderson level mm-hmm. story. And this is where you and I met. I was working yes. on this story. And yep. it was freaking huge. It was really, really big. <laughs> It was a little intimidating, to be honest. <laughs> like, oh my God. She's working on this thing, and I'm just writing like a little more standalone. <laughs> um, and against everyone's advice, you know, I was like, I have eight point of view characters and yeah. four different cultures and like all of these things, right? I had so much going on, all these things. But I lived in that world for about five years. And when I say mm-hmm. I lived there, I like lived there, like obsessively yeah. writing like most days and thinking about it all the time during my day job. And then, you know, using that experience when we built our business, like it was a, that project was a huge part of my life for five so years. So many spreadsheets. You guys. So many spreadsheets. <laughs> so many spreadsheets. Lots of backstory. I think Lots. I wrote like a hundred thousand sure backstory. <laughs> you sure did. You wrote an entire book of only backstory. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. Um, but I was learning, right? I was mm-hmm. learning. I was having fun. All this stuff. So two years ago, I was um, I was working on it, and I got halfway through it. When I say I got halfway through, I mean I wrote <laughs> like three hundred seventy thousand words. <laughs> um, and I just hit this wall where I was exhausted. I was like, I can't. I can't work on this project anymore. I can't make it work. Like it was this, it was the spiral. And I even had beta readers being like, I love it. But like everybody had the same kind of feedback of like, yeah, where you're ending it, you know, like where you're ending it halfway isn't going to work as a single book. And that was what I was trying to figure out is can I query this at 150K? Yeah. Um, because that was my goal at the time was to take this book Um to traditional publishing. And I just hit this wall where I was like, this isn't working. I can't figure out how to make it work. And I had this other idea for mm-hmm. like the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And so I I was like, I'm shelving it. Yep. It was really hard. Yeah. It was really, really hard. Um I it kind of I kind of had to go cold. What is it? Cold, cold turkey. turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I was like gonna say cold feet. And I was like, that's not right. Not same. <laughs> I was gonna have to- so I went, uh, I went cold turkey on it because I was like, if I even think about it, like mm-hmm. it will give me like this gut feeling. And for two years, that was the case. Like there were like maybe three times where I either opened the document just to peek at it, yeah, or I just like played a song that was on one the of my playlists, playlists. and it was like a gut punch. I was like, yeah. nope, I can't think. I just like I went cold turkey, and I was like, I'm working on this other thing. Like I'm just gonna forget that I did that. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't because it hurt too much. Right. So. So I worked on this uh, this new story, um, which we'll call Crimson. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll call that one Thrones. So first story, okay. Thrones. Second okay. story, Crimson. So I, I worked on Crimson for the last two years. Um, and that was a, 
I've talked about it a little bit, a very fraught process, so a whole <laughs> other story. Yeah. But I worked exclusively on that for two years. Um, and I learned so much mm -hmm. and I finished it and I queried it this last January. Um, and it's out in the query world. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I was facing this question of what do I want to work on next? And I was going to start a new project. And then I like literally woke up in the middle of the night and I, I like texted you. I was like, what if I, what if I worked on this? <laughs> I know. And I was, <laughs> I was very surprised. <laughs> I'm sure you were. You were like, what about that other idea? Are yeah, you afraid of it? And I, I was like, yes, yes. but also. <laughs> well, because, uh, I mean, context. You had been like taking a break from Crimson for yeah. a very specific reason. And you had this other idea that you kept telling me you just wanted to play with because you wanted to find yeah. joy again. And what I remembered of Thrones was not play. <laughs> No, so, which is fair, super yes. fair. So then As a friend, like, you should have been like, question mark. Yeah. Well, I, I had some, I had some. And I was, I, and I was like, here, you, if you had not gone into it seeming like you were playing, I would have circled yeah. back for sure. But yeah. we gave you some but time. It, I mean, I mean, it was a valid question. And I think yeah. that's a valid question whenever you're going to go back to a project is like, what's the difference between when you tabled it and now? Yeah. Right. And so I had no idea what to expect. But yeah. the second I started going into it, I didn't even reread it. I started like re-outlining it right away because in my two years of refusing to think about it, mm -hmm. the whole thing just like <laughs> clicked together in the back of my brain. Like it's it's literally feels like I, for the last few weeks, have been walking through this very strange fever dream Yeah, where I'm looking at my character's arcs and I'm like, ah, there's the problem. Bye. Yeah. And then I'm like, um... <clears throat> I don't hear you. I mean, maybe I don't I, you seem a little loud. Maybe it's because I'm in your headphones. I'll, I'll move out a little bit. I mean, I don't. Not very loud. Just like yeah. very quietly. I do have my headphones as per usual. Nothing has changed. Yeah. I don't know. You were a little close to it. So maybe it was just picking it up. Okay. Maybe I was a little close to it. I'll, like, okay. I'll, I'll make some kind of single, also... signal if I can hear it again. Okay. What was I saying? <laughs> You're in a fever dream. Oh, yes. I don't know how I'm going to edit this together. <laughs> You're in a fever dream. Okay. We're coming back in. Yeah. We had some weird audio stuff. I don't remember what I was talking about. I'll just be straight up honest. So, <laughs> so anyway, I was in – we were talking about me and my fever dream and, like, all of the pieces clicking together. And um, I've written – I don't think I've told you this. I've written mm -hmm. 7,500 words so far. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Like in, in the past couple of weeks without yeah. really trying to. And I have to keep reminding myself that it's because I've worked on this book for five years yeah. and that fresh drafts are not going to feel like this. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm realizing like in this experience, I've been thinking back to, okay, what's the difference between now and then, right? Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is that I was way too close to and attached to my story two years ago. Like when I when I stopped it, I was so – deep in it that I could not see. I, I just couldn't see it clearly. I couldn't see what it needed. And I think even if, even if I'd had perspective, I didn't have the skills to know what it needed. Mm -hmm. um, and working on Crimson gave me those skills. Yeah. And starting fresh on a story and like starting from the ground up and really building the foundation with the craft knowledge that I had at that point and, and building a story that way gave me that craft knowledge that I needed to, to be able to see now what it needs. 
and um, and the writing skills to be able to pull it off because it's so complicated. Um, but I also, so that's like at a craft level, I've grown yeah. so much that I can, I can see, I can do what it needs to do. But then I also, um, I've given myself space and the clarity and removed the emotional attachment, right? I've essentially grieved it. There was a yeah. time a few months ago, like I didn't think I would ever pick this story up again. So like in my brain, it was, I'm not emotionally attached to the previous version of it anymore, which is really important mm -hmm. to be able to make these massive changes. Um, but I also, my mindset has changed so much around yeah. what's possible because when I tabled this story, I was so like, it felt like traditional was the only path forward. And I was trying to fit a book <laughs> into that industry standards that just didn't want to fit there. Right. Uh -huh. And so the second that, like, now that I've gone through that mindset shift and like, I can, I am more familiar with other industries and other ways of publishing. I can see how this story makes so much more sense as a self-published series because I can break it into the smaller bits that I need to and I can I can you know separate the points of view in the way that I need to and publish you know novellas of backstory yeah uh -huh. that I need to you know to get the story to come across in the way that makes sense for, for this story which traditional like maybe would do for Brandon Sanderson and that's it right right <laughs> <laughs> so so I can see it now and it just feels so much more it feels free like mm -hmm. when I had that realization, I was like, oh my gosh, I can see what I can do with it. And I just felt this immense sense of freedom to be able to explore what the story was actually asking me to do. So, but that was a huge mindset shift yeah. that I had to go through over the last two years. Yeah. So I wanted to bring that story and this question, because I know you've also tabled mm -hmm. um, a story, if not multiple stories in the past. And um, like talk about how do we know when it's right to table a story and how do we know when it's right to pick it back up and why would we do that? <laughs> yes. Right? And like all those questions that we, we get a lot from people is like, when do I give up? Right. Is yeah. Quotes. Get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we have two pieces of your story of the, dis the feelings leading up to the decision to table it? Yeah. And maybe actually let's talk about like three pieces because then you have your period of growth where yeah. you were away from it. And then you had your decision to step back into it. Mm -hmm. So we have like a three-layer decision. Um, and I would love, I would, yeah, I would also love to break that down because I have tabled it, but I have not yet decided to go back to it. I've been working on a couple yeah. other projects. So let's talk, let's talk first about the decision to table. Why don't yep. you talk, you, I've been talking like a lot. I'm going to take <laughs> some, I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> you and talk I'll about <laughs> You talk about your decision to table power story and what a power struggle yeah. and what, um, what led into that? Yeah. So I started writing my, it had a, started out as a YA fantasy when I was YA. <laughs> um, so the, I was in high school slash college. It was, um, when I had first started getting into reading, it was the hunger games era. It was the twilight era. It was dystopian era, divergent, all those, all those mm -hmm. really popular, YA books at the time. Um, and so I really got into writing around that time and started this story in that period. Um, as I grew, things shifted, but I still worked on the story. I became an adult. I wanted to talk about adult things. And so my story shifted. Um, I took a break. I came back to it. My writing had changed. Mm -hmm. And by the time I had actually finished a draft, revised it once, queried it, jumped back into revisions and like I got to a point where I felt like I had 
like a Frankenstein story. Mm. Like I had a thousand pieces of a thousand ideas that I had just patched together because I was working on them. Yeah. And it didn't feel cohesive. It didn't feel whole. It didn't feel um, close to what I as a person felt at that time. It felt like I was still trying to pick up the pieces of young adult me and Mm. try to make them make sense into now adult version story. Yeah. So it it just it also was becoming like way more of um a mental drain than like something that made me really exciting. So I started to feel very heavily that writing was an obligation versus like the story, like the thing that I wanted to do with my life. Um I felt and this was also at the same time that I met you. I mean, I was working on Power yeah. Struggle when mm-hmm. I met you. And um, I had tons of comparison with you and with other writers, and I felt like I had I would waste so much time if I started working on something different. And so I had like stubbornly held on to it for a very long time. Yeah, and it was not the the same for me mm-hmm. anymore. It didn't have the same vision. It didn't reflect who I wanted. I had changed my story point like four times. <laughs> so it just was like it felt like a hot mess. Yeah, so I had decided to table it because. Um, or or wrapped up in all of these feelings. Um, it wasn't – it was like I didn't know what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had started it in a market that no longer really existed or that was yeah. super, super saturated. That was another thing. I knew that even if I worked so hard to write this like dystopian-esque story, like who would, who would want to read it in the trad world because it was so saturated? Mm-hmm. Um, it was – I had grown so much as a writer mm-hmm. that I felt like half of my story reflected old me and half yeah. of my story reflected new me. And like, I wasn't going to make those two things fit together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just- it's so legit though. I'm in that place right now where my pros, like my, I yes. talked about structural skills, but like my pros level skills are like, is that, so I'm not reading no the different. whole book. I'm like thinking through what I need the scene to be. And then I'm peeking at the old version and being like, what can yeah. I keep? And then I'd be like trying to – I'm like rewriting the whole thing because I'm like, my skills are so different. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And I, knew, I knew I would need to do that, but I yeah. did not have the heart to do it. Yeah. I lost heart in the story. And so I decided to table it and to work on something else that was going to be more fun. And so I, I dabbled in like a couple projects um, before I settled on what I'm working in working on right now um yeah which I still love and I'm having a ton a ton of fun with um but so much of like why I I I dropped it was um my heart wasn't in it and it wasn't fulfilling me and engaging me the way that it had when I was younger and it was I wasn't I as a person did not want to tell that story anymore yeah not that I don't want like I fully believe that I will come back to those characters but I don't think I'll tell the same story with them Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I think that story has been told and I think that these characters want to say something different. And I always yeah. was trying to make them say something like lost princess finding her crown and like yeah. that story has <laughs> been said. I don't know that my character wants to say that. I think yeah. maybe she's got something different that I she didn't know. Up. Yeah, she grew up. She had like other things that she's trying to explore. So mm-hmm. um, I know I'm going to eventually come back to it. Just not right now because I still don't think it's the right time. I still don't yeah. know that I have that vision yet for where I want to take the story. But I'm also mm-hmm. not like ready to completely say um, 
I'm done with them because I love yeah. them. I love mm-hmm. those characters and the heart of it, like the idea of it is still feels real to me, but I need to refine those foundations um, yeah. that kind of crumbled in the midst of all of my growing up. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make my story grow up, but yeah, I couldn't. I yeah. and it, That was a skill thing, but it also was like a, a, a mindset and a heart thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's funny. I feel like there's so a lot of these. Oh, oh really? um, we have some bullets on why you might think about tabling a story. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of overlap between our two stories. So we can kind of break down <clears throat> these. So so why? Why would you table a story? And this, if, if this is something that you are thinking about, I do mm-hmm. not want to diminish how hard yeah. it is. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a deeply emotional thing. It's essentially like breaking up with someone. Yep. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we deeply understand what you're going through. Um, and hopefully this will be, will be helpful. Um, so number one, it's not fun anymore. Both of us were not having fun Mm -hmm. with our writing when we decided to table these projects. Yeah. They had become burdens and they, for me, I was being driven, all of my actions and frustrations were being driven by external validation questions yeah. of uh-huh. will it, who will pick this story up? Will they pick it up? If it's, if they're not going to pick it up, will it be worth it? Those were the things I was conscious of happening mm-hmm. um, that I, that consciously led me to put it down um, and start something else that in my head, I was like, it's going to be more marketable at the time. <laughs> yeah. Eight rejections later, <laughs> I can tell you. Okay, but like eight. It's not, it's not marketable. But that's a, that's a different question. Um, yeah. But right, it, you can't make your decisions based on that external validation yes. in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and you know, I want to add something there is that you yeah. can't make your decision to hold on to a story based on those external validations either because that was so – there's so much baggage wrapped up in this idea to let it go. And yeah. for me, one of those huge baggage pieces was that I believed tabling it was failing and that yeah. like I wanted the external motivation. And so I worked on the story for probably years longer than I really should have. Yeah. Than Same. I really wanted to, like you're mm-hmm. saying. And that was that that was my decision to hold on to it. So the same way that you shouldn't be driven by that to let go of it, don't let that influence why you're holding on to it so hard if the only thing that you're looking at is I just want to be published. Mm-hmm. Because you're not gonna write the best version of that story if it's killing you and it's so hard right now, but the only reason you're doing it is because you want to publish it. Yeah. And you feel like if you don't, then you have failed in some yeah. way. Um Shelving a story is not failure. Yes. It's, it's not, not failure. It's not failure. It's yeah. a success. It is a successful decision um, mm-hmm. because you are choosing yourself, your journey, your joy. You are choosing your growth, right? Mm-hmm. You are choosing all of these other things that are way more important than that one story in that moment. Um, and that might be the reason that that story is successful later because yeah. of all the things we're going to talk about later yeah. when we talk about the benefits of it. It yeah. is not a failure. Okay. No. The Another reason to table a story is because you recognize that you're, you don't have the, the craft chops yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is so hard to admit. I'm a very prideful person. And <laughs> around the time that I was trying to figure out what the heck to do with this book that I, this mess of a book that I had in yeah. front of me. Um, one of my writer friends 
um, who loves to push my buttons was like, I told him about this new story idea that I had, uh, which ended up being Crimson. And he was like, well, you should just stop and write that. And mm -hmm. I was like, why? And he was like, well, cause you don't have the skills to write this, to write Thrones yet. So yeah. you should write that first. And I was like, fuck you. No. <laughs> and I probably held on for like three more months because he said that. Yeah, right. But it was true. Something deep inside me had that reaction because I knew it was true. Yeah. Um, and now I can see it was very, very true. I didn't have the, the structural craft knowledge or the prose level skills that I needed to pull the book off in the way that I wanted to. Um, and yeah. the only way to, to grow in that way, in my opinion, is to work on something else. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, um, the parallel for me there was that when I wrote the first draft of Power Struggle, um, 100% pantsed. Like, where it, I've talked about this before, where like very early versions of my writing process was just writing, coming up with random things as I could, and then like putting mm -hmm. it on the page because outlines were so stupid to me. And um, when I like was trying to fix this draft later, like it was just piecemeal. It was pieces yeah. because I hadn't, I hadn't learned craft, but I also hadn't found like the process that worked for my brain. So the entire writing process just felt like just so uneasy and draining and like unsatisfying because yeah, not only was I trying to fix a story, I didn't have the craft skills to fix. I also like didn't understand how craft could work for my brain yet. Mm -hmm. And I was almost rejecting craft at the same time that I was trying to like fix the story. That's and, a rough place to be. <laughs> right, right. So I had to like really go back to how am I going to make craft work for me and for my books and develop something brand new. And I, mm. I could not have done that in the weeds of Power Struggle. I needed the brand new project because I needed the clean slate mm -hmm. to figure out the craft knowledge that I had learned. How could I apply it in like the practical idea to finish yes. draft execution? Yes, yes, yes. 1,000% yes. Okay, so I want to jump to another reason to table a story is because your skills have grown so much. Yeah. That uh -huh. you'd be better off starting fresh, right? So equally, you might not have. For me, I didn't have the skills at the mo in the moment to work on that story, but I also had gained skills that I was having mm -hmm. trouble putting into this story or like using on this story because the story was such a tangled mess in my head and I couldn't see it clearly. So when I started Crimson and I started fresh, I was able to take all of those skills that I had gained and like use a fresh slate to prove to myself that I could use them and like yep. that they would be successful and that I had grown. And through that process, I grew so much more. Mm -hmm. um, and I see people, I see people a lot who could benefit from this in that they have been studying writing for so long, but working on the same story for so long that they're not really able to apply the skills that they have to the book that they've been working on because it's just all too confusing. Yeah. And I want to be like, just, just put it aside for a minute and start something else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I can see your skills. I can see your frustration. I can see how much more fun you would have if you let yourself, you know, free those skills onto a fresh page. Um, that like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Do not discount the power that that can have on your growth. Yeah, absolutely. And that that was, 
I wrote half of one draft of Power Struggle and took like a two-year break when I was finishing up college. And then I came Mm -hmm. back and wrote the second half. And you could literally – it was like a line of delineation. Like you could literally tell where that happened. And then I went back and I like tried to fix the first half and I completely rewrote it. And then the second half was like, oh, my God, this is so bad. Like (laughs) so I just kept like leveling up each half of my book and then none of it made sense. And – that I was like, I have, I know I have the skills. This book is bringing my skills down. (laughs) And it's almost like, I would argue when you're, when you're starting out, like that happens so often because people have been working on their first book for, you know, three or four or five or 10 years. Right. And in that early, that early period, you grow so much, so fast that you like are growing faster than you can write the book. Uh Uh-huh. And so a lot of people get in this position where it's like they don't see their own skills reflected in their story because it's not like they can't get it on the page fast enough. Right. <laughs> and I and yeah. th- those are the people that I'm like, start fresh. Just start something new. You'll see your growth in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's next? Uh, what did we skip? I skipped like four of these. these. Uh, okay. So <laughs> next is, and we've talked about this. You're too, yeah. like you, you, why table a story? Cause you're too close to it. You can't mm-hmm. see it. Um, and oftentimes this leads to band-aiding something, band-aiding mm-hmm. a project with these little fixes because you can't see the fundamental problems clearly. And that's where I was. That's why I was so frustrated is because I was revising and revising and revising that, especially that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was revising small things because I couldn't see the fundamental problems that two years of space have made very clear to me. And I was too attached to the fundamentals of the story. I was too afraid to rip it up and start over um, that I I needed to table it to give myself space. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I have done the band-aiding thing so much, especially since I was trying to like Frankenstein my story together. I kept coming up with those one-off ideas and I kept like changing this world building thing, expecting it to fix all my problems. And then the world got super complicated. And then the characters were like, I was trying to fit them inside the world, even though it just didn't, it didn't make sense. So yeah, it became more of a band-aided Frankenstein than anything close to completely like making sense and cohesive. And it was- I was just tired of doing that too. Like that's draining. Yeah, that's it's draining. so the, draining. The more you put band-aids on, you know what you're doing. Oh, and then you go back and you read it and you're like, what I'm happened? exhausted. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all of them. Is that all yeah. of them? Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about this in my story, but mm-hmm. um, as I grew, the meaning of my story changed. And so by the time that I was writing like draft four or five, I was trying to tell a lot different of a story yeah. than what I had started out with. And it was really hard to reconcile those two meanings. And I, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was redoing each draft with the new meaning that I had in mind. I couldn't quite understand what what was my message? What did what did I Yeah. What did it mean to me? What did I care about? And so um I realized at one point that I didn't know my message and I didn't know what the story meant to me or to yeah. my readers. And that was Maybe one of the last couple nails in the coffin to be like, I need to put this away until I can come back and figure that out. The same, the similar thing happened to me, not in that I didn't know my message. I had a message, but I, something subconscious in me didn't like it. Yeah. 
Um, and it took me two years to figure out what I actually want to say. And like the themes of the story have shifted massively, mm-hmm. but it like in a way where, um, so before the major theme of it was justice and you remember uh-huh. that yeah. now the major, the biggest theme is exploitation. Mm. Yeah. Um, and can you like, you know, the story. So like, yeah, you I can do. probably see like, Oh, I can see how that fits. Like everything that I was already trying to do. It's but like it was the like, same, mindset. but different. Yeah. It yeah. was like looking at it through different glasses. Yeah. And now that I can see that I'm like, this is what I want to say. And that means all of this can go and all of this can stay. And this needs to change. Like it's this immense clarity, but I, I couldn't see it in the moment because I was yeah. so convinced that was my message. And like changing your message is very intimidating because you're yeah. like, everything's going to change. I know because that's like, <laughs> I was just thinking this, like, and, and a lot of our teaching and a lot of our our craft resources, like, we start with that message and we build the whole story around that message. If you change that message, there are ripple effects. Yeah. And those ripple effects can seem intimidating, very large, difficult to manage. Like, it almost feels like you have to start from scratch. Yeah. We're not – this podcast is not about revisions. But, yeah. like, <laughs> it's not necessarily true, but it can feel like that, especially if you're yeah. just so lost and so in the especially weeds. Especially if you're – yeah, in the weeds. Yeah. Because I was so so close to it. Now I'm, like, it's not big changes. Like, I'm yeah. fundamentally changing the foundation of my story, and it makes more sense, which yeah. means, like, everything makes more sense. And I'm yeah. not – I don't have to change that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just am tweaking the intention of everything. Um, it's fascinating how like yeah. it just like clicked everything into place. Right. Um, and I know that's hard to be like, that's going to happen for you because I can't promise that it will, but it happens right. so much more often than you think. It does. So then, so that's why you should table a story. All yeah. those reasons are very valid reasons. There are more if you come up with one, um, or if, or if you're thinking or feeling something different, I'd say, listen to your gut. And come back to kind of those those boundary questions of, mm-hmm. you know, what is this burden? Is this fun? Is it – does the meaning still make sense to you? Are you two in the weeds? Do you need space to see clarity? Um, but then you had a period of growth. I did. And then you gained knowledge. You I did. You changed mindset and you mm-hmm. came back to it. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So when I – so I tabled my story. Mm-hmm. And then I picked it back up and I really did not, I really, I, I mean it when I say I did not think about it for two whole years. Um, yeah. I was, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Right. So I, when I started diving into it, it was incredible how much my subconscious had worked on <laughs> right. um, just in the background. But the, the biggest benefits that I have recognized that I gained in taking that time away was that I got massive clarity on what the story needs. Um mm-hmm. And, and I think all of these things are, are connected, but clarity is like the biggest thing. Um, my skills leveled up by working on and finishing another, um, story, a big, uh, this is a, this is a big asterisk, but a big part of, um, of that was I had never finished a draft before because my story was so big. And so when I started working on Crimson, that was literally my biggest goal was just get to the end of something because Mm -hmm. I had spent so much time restarting (laughs) Thrones like a thousand million times. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so that was huge for me. Um, So I was able to finish something. I was able to like revise that thing fully. I was able to like really level up my skills at a prose level and at a, a story structure level. Um, I got two years of space from my frustration and I talked about this earlier, but like I grieved the book and let it go in its, in its, um, its form at that time. So now I don't have any 
connection to it whatsoever in that way, um, which is massive in being yeah. able to make those huge changes and see it with clarity. Um, and then the, the other biggest thing is I got huge mindset growth, mm -hmm. huge mindset growth on my process, on what I want to say, on my belief in myself, but also in letting go of that belief that there was one way to success and that my book had mm -hmm. to fit one industry's version of you know, what a book should look like when uh -huh. I was able to let go of that external validation and like see a different path for the story, it opened everything up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those were the big, the big things. Yeah. And uh, I think you, so for me, I've not come back to it. I don't want yeah. to, yeah. I don't want to yet. I'm not ready to. If you'd to asked yet. me like three months ago, I would have been like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I also don't think that when I finish this next, when I, finish the story I'm working on now and publish it. I don't think I'll want to come back to it then. But I do know that I think I'll trust myself to know when I want to come back to it. Like yeah. I said earlier, I don't want to let those characters go. I do want to. Um, and it's not that I don't believe that I've leveled up my skills. I do. It's not that I don't think I've gotten space from yeah. that frustration. I, I oh so I don't care about it. Like I I don't have that same frustration. Um, marketability, I feel the same way. Like I've learned so much about the path I want to take to success and I feel a lot differently about where that path is going to take me. Um, and my mindset growth looks a lot different. But then I still, like I said earlier, I don't have the vision. And I yeah. don't, I also don't think that if I came back to it at this moment, it would be the clear vision that I would want it to be. Yeah. And that's okay. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just going to hang out in my Scrivener files for a while. It's chilling. Yeah. I'll circle around to it. I saw my Pinterest boards that I like to peruse every now and then and be like, oh, yep. I remember that. I got like my iTunes playlist. Don't listen to them, but I see them. Like, they're still there. <laughs> they're still there. They're there. The um, playlists are the hardest the part. It's like a breakup playlist. You're like, that was my song with that person. I can't. I can't go Right. There. Right. Um, but um, I love that. I love what you're saying because – another question people might have is how do I know, how do I know if I should come back to a story? Yeah. And I would vehemently say, because it sounds like the best freaking fucking yeah. thing in yeah. the world. Like I woke up in the middle of the night and was like, oh, I'm going to go back to this it. sounds so fun. And then I texted Rachel and she was like, okay, question. Are you sure? And Are I was like, sure? I don't know. And I explored it. I sat, yeah. I like it. It could have gone two different two ways at that uh -huh. point. I could have sat down, gotten frustrated, realized how big this story was, and that I was just trying to find a cop, you know, trying mm -hmm. to cop out on not starting something new. Right? Yeah. That could have happened. It very much could have. Instead, it was like the easiest. Mm -hmm. Like I just like fell into flow. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't happen, you're not ready. Yeah, you're Period. not ready. Yep. <laughs> Period. It's got to sound like joy. Because yeah. otherwise you're you're gonna fall into all the same patterns mm -hmm. that you um that you were trying to escape by tabling it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. This awesome. was such a fun discussion. Yeah. Um, and I wanna again reiterate tabling your story is not a failure. Mm -hmm. It's also not lost time. Yeah. Hear that all the time. I'm wait I wasted years on this. No, you didn't, because you learned. The five years that you were on Thrones yeah. taught you so much and gave you so much love for the whole process. And the yeah. same time that I was on Power Struggle, like I learned I learned everything that I wanted to learn about writing. And now I'm just applying that somewhere different. And if I hadn't have had Power Struggle, I would not have gone through yeah. that that transformation that's led me to where I am now. Yeah. 
So and that you're alone not, is enough. If either yeah. of us never came back to these stories ever in our lives, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. It would still be worth it. So I want to make that because we're both, I'm back in my story. You're you're like, someday I'm going to get back One into day. it. You might be like, I tabled something five years ago and I'm never going to touch it again. It doesn't matter. It was still worth it. it yeah. Like, whether you come back to it or not has nothing to do with whether or not it was worth it to work on that story. Yeah. Or like whether or not you are good enough to fix it. Because that's yeah. what we've talked about. Now we have the skills to go back and fix it. You can still have those skills and choose not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you can just it's got to feel like joy. It had its time and you're moving on. That's okay. <laughs> um, so this is a, a good decision if this is what you choose to do. And it is a helpful and empowering decision if this yeah. is where you're at. Yeah. We're behind you a thousand percent. Yes. All right. If you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Links in the show notes. We'll see you there. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye.